This is the 87th QuackCast. You know, there are actually two other people who've decided to use the term QuackCast. One is a comics book and the other is, a, I think, a Game Boy podcast. But this is the real award-winning QuackCast. This is a quick one. It's called Feet of Clay, or Why the Editors of the New England Journal of Medicine are Apparently Not Bothering to Read Their Own Content. And for posterity's sake, this is the 20th of April, 2012. It has been a tough year in Portland. The Trailblazers, our NBA and only professional team, started out on a tear, then went right down the toilet. It is painful to see such promise dribbled away. Sigh. Why is elation always followed by disappointment? Everyone and everything apparently has feet of clay, except, of course, Muhammad Ali. At the beginning of March, the New England Journal of Medicine had this wonderful essay called What's the Alternative? The World Wide Web of Integrated Medicine. The essay concerns a patient who is, quote, diagnosed, unquote, with cancer at an integrative medicine exhibition and the resulting diagnostic and therapeutic debacles that follow. There are some quotes of note. I have three quotes. As Groucho said, four quotes is a gallon. Quote one. At one time, the worst offense one encountered was someone prescribing a few herbs to a desperate patient who'd exhausted all other means of treatment. The usual thinking was, at this stage, it can't do any harm. But insidiously and alarmingly, alternative medicine has crept from offering last-ditch treatments to making diagnoses. As the cancer armamentarium has expanded with targeted therapies, unscrupulous practitioners of alternative therapy have devised competing offers that sound at least as impressive to the average patient, who is often marginally health literate and eager to embrace the promise of a cure without toxicity. But the radical, completely unregulated, and often dangerous options can and do cause harm. Quote two, alternative therapies need to meet no burden of proof except a patient's gullibility. I don't think that's really true. One never hears of alternative therapies that failed. The patient merely waited too long to try them. And finally, quote, Physicians would have to be naive to ignore the elephant in the room. Integrative medicine comes in many forms, some useful, but many dangerous. It also comes at tremendous personal and societal cost. The initial expenditure may come from the patient's pockets, but often the healthcare system eventually inherits the problem. Although there's probably no way of calculating the psychological cost, for many it is high and unending. End quote. Well said. Now this editorial and the patient's story concerns cancer, not a relatively trivial problem, but the concepts are widely applicable to all manners of scams. I am not a big fan of the slippery soap argument, but I'm always concerned when one useless or unproven therapy are recommended. I am also not a fan of ideological purity, a foolish consistency being the hobgoblin of little minds, adored by little statesmen and philosophers and science-based medicine bloggers. The key word, I suppose, is foolish. There is nothing foolish about being serious in protecting your patient's life, their health, and given the cost of care these days, wealth. So, let's fast forward a mere two weeks the next New England Journal of Medicine then publishes a review, Clinical Practice, 
Uncomplicated Urinary Tract Infections by Thomas M. Hooten. I suppose the editors of the New England Journal were experiencing an F. Scott Gerald moment, who famously said, The test of a first-rate intelligence is the ability to hold opposed ideas in the mind at the same time and still retain the ability to function. Because first they publish... Quote, the phenomenon of questionable health practices is not limited to the developing world. My patient's encounter occurred in a medically sophisticated city. Patients can be even duped at home from the safety of their internet connection. Only to be followed 14 days later with a review of the treatment of urinary tract infections, where the editors are evidently paying no attention whatsoever to the prior content of the journal. I saw no disclaimer that the views of the author were not those of the New England Journal of Medicine, so I assume the editors agreed. I know. Naive. From the table on the prevention for urinary tract infections, we find the following recommendations. Quote, cranberry juice, capsules or tablets. Biological plausibility is based on the inhibition of uropathogen adherence to uroepithelial cells. Clinical data supporting a protective effect had been limited by design flaws. A recent randomized placebo-controlled trial showed no benefit. Showed no benefit. It says it right there. Showed no benefit from cranberry juice. Yet they recommend it. Adhesion blockers is occasionally used as preventative therapy. D-Manos, available in health food stores and online, probably from Joe Mercola. UTIs caused by E. coli are initiated by adhesion of the bacteria tamanosylated receptors in the uroepithelium by means of the FEMH adhesin located on type 1 pili. Theoretically, mannosides could block adhesion. However, D-mannose has not been evaluated in clinical trials. Has not been evaluated. What? Showed no benefit. Has not been evaluated. I'm getting too excited here. I can understand now why I am often mistaken as a female on the telephone, the way my voice goes up. But it is noted in the discussion, talking in part about mechanical solutions such as voiding after intercourse, as well as cranberry juice and D-mannose, quote, Although data supporting the effectiveness of these strategies are sparse or non-existent, they carry a low risk of adverse effects and may be helpful. How they can say they can be helpful when they're sparse and non-existent boggles the mind. And they continue, quote, Although data on efficacy of these measures are mostly lacking, they pose little risk, unquote. Why not suggest homeopathy, reiki, acupuncture, purging and bleeding? The same concepts apply. Of course, leave it to a physician who makes plenty of money to suggest people spending their hard-earned cash, often, often limited in amount, on things that are lacking in efficacy. Ugh. The data is negative or does not exist, yet the New England Journal of Medicine recommends it anyway. It can't hurt. What's the harm? For those of you not in medicine, the word of the New England Journal of Medicine is about as close to that of God as you can find. In clinical medicine, there is the New England Journal of Medicine, and there is everyone else. These recommendations that are in a table that will be cut and pasted into a thousand PowerPoint talks and disseminated far beyond the readership of the New England Journal of Medicine. 
To paraphrase an earlier quote, the phenomenon of questionable health practices is not limited to the developing world. My encounter occurred in a medically sophisticated journal. Doctors can be duped at home from the safety of their internet subscription. Years ago, the Annals of Internal Medicine published a hideous series on alternative medicine, and I lost confidence in the Annals. And they have slowly slid into personal irrelevance. When referring to the journal to house staff, I often pronounce it as if it had one N, such as my ongoing, irrational, immature contempt for the Annals of Internal Medicine. Perhaps it is confirmation bias on my part. I expect the Annals to publish third-rate articles, and that's what I see. The New England Journal of Medicine is not annals level yet, but it lies at the heart of my ongoing problem with all media. If they get it wrong in an area where I am knowledgeable, infectious diseases and scams, how can I trust them in areas where I need to defer to the expertise of others, just about everything else in the world? So, is it me? Or does the clay now extend to mid-thigh for the New England Journal of Medicine? Is there anyone I can trust? This is a short quack cast. I'm going to do two more in the next couple of days. I've gotten a letter. You all have been quite good at supporting the Uganda Health Clinic. I would like to thank everyone who took the time to do that. You probably literally have saved some lives. As always, you can go to my website, moremark.squarespace.com, for my growing multimedia empire. You can find links to my blogs and my books and my iPhone apps because the world needs more Mark Chrislop. And if nothing else, go to iTunes, write me a glowing review. My fragile yet ravenous ego requires it. See you next time. Bye.